everybody. Welcome to this episode of the What's Next podcast. My name is Tiffany Bova and I am your host today, but I have the pleasure of welcoming Scott Simon to the show. He is the author of the new book, Scare Your Soul, Seven Powerful Principles to Harness Fear and Lead Your Most Courageous Life. As the founder of the Scare Your Soul Courage Movement, he is dedicated to creating, curating, and leading opportunities for people around the world to be happier, empowered, and courageous in their own lives. Welcome to the show, Scott. Tiffany, thank you so much. It's great to be here. Well, I feel like everybody needs a little dose of of, of scaring and happiness. <laughs> so that's yes. what we're going to talk about today. But yes. before we do, uh, let me make sure that we start the show with something I call bullish and bearish. Great. Bullish is your for it. Bearish is your against it. Are you ready? I am born ready. <laughs> Great answer. All right. <laughs> First one, virtual yeah. reality training, bullish or bearish? Bullish. Oh, good. Like that. Okay. Second, <laughs> swimming with sharks, bullish or bearish? I'm going to say bullish again. I know you've jumped out of planes. So, you know, I thought I would push I... it one more. <laughs> you did, and I'm going for it. Okay. All right. Third, artificial intelligence written or AI written books. Oh, boy. You know, I'm going to say bearish. Um, I, I love the written word that came from somebody's brain while they were struggling with that cursor at the top of their screen every single morning. So although AI written papers and books are out there, like they are, that's reality. There's something human that I want when I read somebody's words. Yeah. And I don't disagree. And I don't disagree with what you said about the cursor. You know, I think that, you know, talking about scary, you know, being scared and being fearful. When I wrote my first book, that little cursor flashing on the screen, like, I think it made me sweat. It was like the best, you know, cardio workout I could get because my heart was going, I'm sweating, that cursor's flashing. The world is crashing around me. 100%. I, I actually, some people know this story, but a, a, an amazing publishing company found my website for our courage movement, Scare Your Soul, and asked me if I would like to write a book. And I thought, absolutely. I, I, I'm going to hire an agent and I'm going to do this. This is going to be great. And I did. And they gave me a book deal. And then the cursor showed up and I actually had to write 70,000 words in seven months. So talk about terror and talk about great cardio. It was it was a Scare Your Soul moment for sure and, and continued to be one. Now, now, thankfully, the book is out in the world and, and I'm super proud of it. Yeah. And it's got great momentum. So congratulations. You know, listen, writing a book is one thing. Getting people to read it is a completely different thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, I really do. You know, this is such a human endeavor. You know, fear is is part of us. It's this primal emotion. And there's so much out there in society now about like crush fear, annihilate fear, 10, 10 ways to, to, you know, conquer fear in your life. And I think it's all crap. I really do. I, I don't want to annihilate fear. I want to dance with it. Like I want it to be my partner in this world because fear is an energizer. It wakes us up. It's a signal. It's something to pay attention to. And in my mind, if you're not paying attention to fear or, or it's not part of your life, you're not in that growth zone. You're not, you're not tackling everything you can be. Well, you know, it's, it's interesting you say that because, you know, I've had a guest on Dan Pink. You may know who he is. You know, uh, he's written a a lot of books and, and he wrote a book on regret and it was sort of one of those like have no regrets. And it's kind of the same approach. He's like, no, no, 
have them because have them right you embrace them so it's kind of like this fear and you know there's sort of two sides to this let, let, if you if you don't mind let let's play on this on two sides one is the sort of the personal fear like i'm going to jump out of a plane or i'm going to go swim yep. with sharks um, yep. or i know you have a great story right singing in front of a restaurant if you want to share that but you've got the personal stories of fear but there's this entirely different level of fear when you start talking about at work as a leader fear, in a team fear, you know, showing up at work fear. So let's start with one or the other and let's sort of dig totally. into what's I, similar or different. I love it. Let's do it. All right. So, and by the way, Dan is, I love what Dan says about regret because he, he says about what regret, very much what I say about fear. He, what he says about regret is if you find out what you're, what you're made of, you find out what is important to you when you focus on regret, right? So it, it, it really changes the paradigm. So what I'm interested in primarily is, can I inspire people and stand with people and urge people to push through those small moments of fear that, that creep up on us every day? And it's really not about jumping out of airplanes. So let me just tell you my little story and how Scare Your Soul came to be. Maybe some of your listeners may have a moment like this in their lives. So in fourth grade, I was preparing for a choir concert with my fellow students and I was super shy. I was the shortest kid in my grade by a long shot. And every time our choir director came around to me to sing this solo line in a song, I, my throat closed up. I couldn't do it. And each time he started the entire grade over again, each and every time. So I'm turning red. My, my throat is closing up. And then on the third time, he kind of stormed towards me. And in front of the grade told me to just mouth the words for the rest of the year. And that moment stuck with me so predominantly that I didn't sing again for 35 years. Literally, I would go to concerts with friends and they would be, you know, yelling and screaming and singing like everyone should. And I would be mouthing the words. So after Tiffany on an airplane and becoming a fear chaser rather than someone who runs away from fear, and meeting a wonderful Harvard professor who taught me positive psychology, I decided that I was going to confront that demon. And I did it by picking up my acoustic guitar and bringing it to a busy restaurant on a Sunday morning and bringing out that guitar. And I sang in front of a group of strangers who were waiting out in line in front of this restaurant. And the reality of that experience was it had nothing to do with how I did. I was awful. My voice is terrible. It was the feeling of freedom, joy, power that I had taken back this sense of power in my life. So for 35 years, it was a monkey on my back. And in 10 minutes, I felt powerful and strong and like I wanted to do it all over again. I wrote a Facebook post about it, which went viral and was shared around the world. And that really became the, the beginning of the Scare Your Soul Courage movement. But really, we all have those moments, whether they're big ones like that or small ones, and I'll maybe transition a little bit to the workplace here, where you feel that moment of tightness. You want to share an idea in a meeting, but you're not sure how people are going to react. You want to talk to your boss about asking for a raise or for more responsibility, but you feel that tightness. You don't know what's going to happen. I want to encourage people to step into those moments of discomfort. And that really is what this book is all about. Well, there's so much that you said right there, because first of all, the power of somebody else creating a fear in you that you maybe didn't have, right? That teacher, fourth grade, like 
terrible on that teacher, um, you know, <laughs> for all kinds of reasons. Um, but then another teacher sort of redeemed that situation, right? So a fourth grade teacher versus a Harvard professor. Unfortunately, you lost sort of 30 years in that, right? But, you know, my mom was a teacher. So, you know, I have a, a soft spot in my heart for them. But I, yeah. I, you know, I have a similar story. I was in, uh, in, in college and uh, my undergrad degree was business administration. So I thought. So about halfway through my sophomore year, my, my college counselor said to me, um, I don't think business is really for you. We're going to have to pick another undergrad degree because, you know, we want you to graduate. <laughs> so I just kind of went, uh, okay. So, you know, now right, I'm, in, right. I'm in business. But, you know, it's not, <laughs> it, was, it was more of a, so two things, right? The, the teacher who sort of crushed that and then created this fear and then the teacher that brought you out of it. But the second thing on the business side is, if you're a manager, if you're a leader, and you maybe suspect that someone on your team, in your group, in your organization, or you see in the company has that level of fear, you know, what do you say to them to help that person say that thing, right? Ask that question, ask for that raise. What's the advice there? Sure. So I think there are a couple levels. One is role modeling. I think there's nothing better than having a manager, a boss, a leader express a sense of vulnerability or even express a fear themselves. I think it, it, it is such an understated aspect of leadership to always feel like we need to have the answer, the authority to know exactly what we're saying, know exactly what we're doing at all times. I, I respond to leaders who say, you know, I don't have that answer. Tell me what you think. You know, it's creating kind of that environment where uh, it encourages people to say, you know what, this is hard for me, but I'm going to do it anyway. And I think, you know, that that is just a that is a that is a beautiful way to, you know, bring leadership to a group of people who may be suffering those feelings themselves, but they're looking at the boss and saying, gosh, there's there's nothing I can do here. I'm I might look silly. The second thing is I look at this in micro steps. I really believe that, you know, when when you say the word courage, people think of the grand strokes, right? We talked about jumping out of airplanes or, you know, people quitting their job and moving to another city, you know, these, these big things. And I really believe that a, a post-it note on your mirror each morning before you go to work that says, do one thing today that scares you and know that that thing could be as simple as smiling at somebody new, asking somebody who you don't know in your workplace out for lunch to ask for some guidance on an issue with some with something little tiny actions that start you know what barbara Fredrickson and alex korb talk about the upward spiral that one act can actually lead to this momentum in us where we start grappling with things with a sense of enthusiasm and optimism rather than fear and anxiety yeah it's important to hear in what you just said that this isn't about I'm going to completely 180, you know, I'm totally scared. I'm not scared at all, right? I have yes, of fear. It's not binary. Have it is not binary, right? So we have to get comfortable with being uncomfortable in those little pivots of, you know, Whitney Johnson does a great job talking about that and how we jump from S-curve to S-curve, right? And so you you literally, it's sort of like you overcome your fear and now you're jumping to the next fear, right? And you're And then you're jumping to the next. And so those little behaviors that, okay, you ask someone to lunch or you you do something, a little pivot, then the next time it might be a little bit more. And the next time it might be a little bit more and a little bit more. Or I guess you just rip the bandaid off, grab your guitar and go sing in line in front of people you don't know, and you can't sing worth a lick, right? I mean, that, that's ripping the bandaid off. 
<laughs> That's exactly right. So in our in our courage movement, we kind of look at it two ways. We, we do that. We have a weekly challenge where people are encouraged to do these kind of like larger things. Like, what is it that you need to do? What has been holding you back? What did somebody say to you in fourth grade that you want to take that power back? And by the way, a key area, one of the chapters of the book deals with forgiveness. And I think, you know, a lot of times people view forgiveness as weakness. You know, I'm going to let somebody off on this thing that happened to me. Workplace is a great example of that. Something happens in a workplace, hurt, there's friction, there's tension, there are hard feelings, you know, and we oftentimes feel like forgiving somebody is taking the easy way out, giving them a free pass. I think forgiveness actually falls into this category of taking your power back. And I just love this, um, this way of viewing our world where we can step into moments of courage each and every day, forgiving, being grateful, pushing our bodies and our minds in ways that are new and fresh, uh, being curious in the workplace, really learning about other people, not necessarily always having to express what our views are, but asking people in a lot of ways, you know, what, what, are, what are they all about? What, what makes them tick? And what's their perspective on the workplace? So I think, you know, there are, there are dozens and dozens of opportunities every single day and we just have to be aware of them and step boldly into them. And that really is, you know, what I think, you know, they talk about what happens on the other side of fear. To me, it is connection, growth, love, success, all of those things, if we can push through that barrier and step onto the other side. So now someone's listening to that and goes, yes, yes. You know, they're driving in their car, they're on their treadmill, they're running, whatever they're doing, right? And they're listening to this. And, and I don't want to skip the fact that, you know, the subtitle of the book is Seven Powerful Principles, right? So right. What, what are those seven principles? Because you kind of need a framework. The little post-it note on your mirror in your, that kind of affirmation in your bathroom in the morning is one thing, right? But I want to, I want to action it. I know one of them is gratitude you just talked about. So what are yes. the other six? So gratitude being one at the concept of adventure being the second, you know, how can we lead our lives like it is this unfolding, beautiful adventure, not just traveling places, but looking at our lives every single day, like we are on a journey that's exciting and optimistic. The third is all about energy. How do we power our bodies and our minds courageously so that we have the energy to be able to act courageously every day? The fourth, as I said, is all about curiosity. You know, in my mind, curiosity leads to connection. When we're curious with somebody else, when we actually express that deep level of curiosity, I happen to love something called the 36 questions, which is a, uh, many people might be aware of, a psychologist named Arthur Aaron came up with them many years ago. There are 36 questions you can ask somebody, either a stranger or someone you love, and they ask back to you. And it creates this beautiful sense of intimacy between two people. It takes courage to do it, but it's incredibly powerful. The fifth is about awe. How can we find a sense of transcendence and spiritual depth in our lives? And where does courage show up there? Six is this whole concept about forgiveness. How can we forgive in our lives? And then seven really has to do all about the workplace. Are we in the kind of jobs where, where our passions lie? Um, how can we maximize what we're doing in the workplace to achieve a level of passion and compassion? And the book itself actually is really a mix of stories and research and writing prompts and challenges. <laughs> it is this kind of multidisciplinary way to approach all of these aspects of life 
with a sense of courage and optimism and passion. So if you don't have anything to do today, those are the seven. (laughs) Right? (laughs) And by the way, you can always like, what I love about this work is you can pop into, you know, whatever feels most present and energizing and exciting for you. Start there, open up a chapter that feels exciting and start there, do some of the challenges, work on some of the writing prompts, get accountability partner and do it together or a group at work over lunch grab a chapter and talk about some of these issues and start connecting around it. And then I think that that, again, creates this sense of motivation and excitement and momentum. Well, let me ask you this. Do you think, and you know, I I haven't, you know, full transparency, haven't read the whole book, um, but so I'm going to ask this question. Do you think that being comfortable, do you think that complacency, do you think that sort of that I have no stress kind of approach is the opposite of then I'm not stretching myself for these little fear bombs, if you will, into my day, right? It's like, oh, I get up, you know, I do my thing. I like, I work, I come home. You know, if you're working from home, you walk in and out of a room, whatever it might be, but you're kind of feeling like, you know, it's kind of, it's, it's not even a heartbeat, right? It's almost a flat line of, I wake up, I go to sleep. It's a flat line. Do you think that some of that has to do with this lack of, of the things you've talked about this maybe more so the let me say the adventure the curiosity and and maybe the the energy right if i look at those 3 do you do you think that that's the opposite of that i i do and i tell you why here's the life that i don't want i don't want the life that when god willing i'm 80 years old or 85 and i look back it felt comfortable it felt like the years rolled on and i didn't really pay attention what I want is joy, tragedy, beauty, struggle. I want it all. I want all of it because that to me is a human life. That means I'm growing and I'm grappling. You know, failure plays a large role here. We have so much fear around failure. I have a whole chapter around the fear of failure. And, and, and when we push ourselves, we are going to fail. It's just, it's just inherent in the process. But if we can accept it, as a signal that we're active, we're trying, we're growing, then that becomes part of our overall plan. I think a key part of this, Tiffany, is that you know our bodies and our minds trend towards homeostasis, right? The, our bodies and minds don't want change. They want us to be comfortable, right? They want it, us, our temperature to be comfortable. They want our stress level to be the same. They don't want all of this cardiac uh, activity when we have to write a book in the morning. But writing a book, how amazing, you know, yeah, my heart rate is up, but that just shows me that I'm doing something. So yes, I, I, I think comfort is what we in many cases strive for. I encourage people to strive for discomfort. I want them to push. I want them to achieve. And I want them to connect deeply and vulnerably with all the rest of the people in their lives. And that can be uncomfortable, but oh man, what a life you lead when you do it. Is there a balance between the two? Because I think if you're always in this fear state, <laughs> that's probably not good either, right? I mean, is there is there sort of a balance between them? Yeah. I mean, l- listen, my favorite mantra is do one thing every day that scares you. It's not live in fear, <laughs> you know, like <laughs> be in a constant state of stress. I really believe that just like people who have a gratitude practice, right? They, they write five gratitudes a night into their gratitude journal. It allows them to pay attention during the day 
the positive psychologists call them benefit finders. You start looking how to spend your day gratefully because you are writing five gratitudes at the end of the night. Makes sense, right? I believe very much the same way about courage. If you commit to one act a day where you're pushing a comfort zone, that's it. That's, that's my wish and hope that one time a day you start to find a way to push your comfort zone that that then leads to greater competency, greater motivation, greater excitement and optimism, connection with other people, and it starts to build. So it isn't about living a life in fear, but it also isn't about letting fear define you and stop you. Well, the you know, the fear is really let's let's double click a little bit on failure because you know, you as you just mentioned, you've got a whole chapter on it and I think that yeah. a lot of the of what holds people back is that failure. Let's go back to the, you know, the fourth grade you. And, you know, a hundred examples of me as well, where when you failed, it, you weren't rewarded for it. You were mocked for it, teased for it, laughed at, you know, whatever it was. And so that almost teaches you, right. And programs you to be like, Oh, I never want to fail. Right. And, and as leaders, I always go, look, are you right? A hundred percent of the time? No. Right. And so you can't expect your people to be right. So I always use an exercise where, you know, if you're a manager and you've got a small team to literally not ask, okay, what are you working on? It's what did you fail on this week? What was it? And people are going to be like, oh my God, I don't want to talk about it. And then all of a sudden it becomes very comfortable and safe. And, and then people are helping each other solve it. And so I think failure is, is, is right hand in hand with fear. It 100% is. And it's so, I feel like counterintuitive in our society where we go to, we look on social media, we, we read magazines or we go online and we see this binary, either success or failure. That's not life, right? Life is a constant flow of experiences, interactions, growth, comfort, discomfort. And, and what I want, again, is just this trend towards just like your listeners who have a physical practice, an exercise practice, a diet practice, you know, a meditation practice that to engage in a courage practice, to do one thing every day, starts to redefine those moments that you and I were just talking about, that those moments in our life where we got smacked down for something, where failure was not encouraged, it was suppressed, and maybe we were even mocked. But to take that power back and say, that's not going to define me anymore. And in small ways and big, I'm going to move forward in a courageous way in my life. Because you know what? We only go around once and I want that life to be as rich and dynamic and, and brave as it possibly can be. Well, Scott, this has just been such a great conversation, especially, you know, uh, to kick the year off with, because I, I think we can look back at 2022 and say, oh yeah, <laughs> it was another sort of top year, right? Yeah. Um, but I'm going to, I'm going to end this a, a little, maybe a little bit different. You know, what, what? fear did you conquer in 2022? And what fear are you looking to conquer in 2023? Oh, what a great question. I'm, I'm so glad you asked. So to me, you know, writing this book was challenging, but not in the way that had to do with the blinking cursor. For me, the hardest thing was vulnerably telling my own stories. It was sharing my past, knowing that family members were going to read it, I'm very honest in this book, as I encourage everybody to be in their life in courageous ways. So to me, actually bringing myself to the page and not just telling other people's stories or 
or, or, you know, there are chapters in the book that talk about neurobiology and the fear response. And that's easy to write for me. What was hard was sharing the stories of failures and flaws. That was my toughest moment of 2022. And knowing that at Barnes and Noble and on Amazon and independent bookstores around the country, my stories are, are, my stories are sitting on those shelves. So that was, that was by far the hardest. You know, for me moving forward, I think my, my biggest fear is, is this message going to resonate? You know, I'm so passionate about it. And I now have the opportunity, this conversation just being a beautiful example of that, to start sharing this message of courage. I want it to connect with others. And I hold a very high bar for myself. And, and I, I, I'm so passionate about this. And I believe that it can help individuals and help the world. And I'm going to put it out there. And my hope is that it connects. And that's my challenge, struggle, and fear for 2023. Amazing. Well, Scott, thank you so much for joining me today on the What's Next podcast. How can people join your Scare Your Soul Courage movement? <laughs> so for free, anytime at scareyoursoul.com. Please join us. You'll, you'll join our tribe and then you can find out all about the book and we put out free challenges. There are challenges on the website. Uh, we have a whole ambassador troop. Uh, anybody who's interested in becoming an ambassador can apply. We'd love to hear from you. And um, Tiffany, it's just been such an honor talking to you. Well, great. Thank you so much. Everybody go sign up for Scare Your Soul Courage Movement. Take one of those, you know, daily challenges, get some friends together, read the book and, you know, go out and have your best life. So again, thank you so much, Scott, for joining us today on the What's Next podcast. Mm -hmm.